Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's going on, everybody? RGO Joey here from SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and we know that you are ready to talk about the circus. There is a ringleader, uh, and we are proud to be part of the act. It is Tuesday. It is time for our live roundtable here on the blog and the boys YouTube channel. Please do subscribe. You can watch along live with us. You can participate. You can always catch the rewatch if you're a little bit late. If you're tardy, no worries. We don't hand out any tardy slips around here. You can always listen to it uh, on our podcast network. Subscribe to the blog of the boys podcast network wherever you get your podcast. Leave a rating, write a review. Those things are always appreciated. We have a fantastic panel of analysts, panelists here tonight to discuss really one major thing. At the 12 o'clock position, it is the one and only Tom Ryle. Thomas, if you know him very well. Over on the right corner, it is the professor, Aiden Davis, who chose to go to the institution of lowest higher learning in the great state of Texas. Sorry, Aiden, but you know, you've got good grades, so that's really all that matters. Uh, down near about 4.30, uh, early dinner time for some people, uh, it is Tony Catalina representing his New York Yankees. He is a big-time Yankee fan, Tony Catalina. Uh, the podcast knows everybody please recognize. He loves the Bronx, loves the pinstripes. Uh, way to go, Tony C. At 6 o'clock, it is Dan Rogers. My dog found a squeaky toy in my office. Sorry about that, Dan. He ruined uh, your introduction, Bear. There's a lot of bears in Oregon where Dan is from, right? Is that, that, that has to be true. I know I messed up the maple syrup thing one time, uh, but I feel like I'm just going to go with it. There's definitely a lot of bears in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, over uh, at actual dinner time, 7 o'clock or so from Top Sports, it is Dave Sturgio, a.k.a. Little Sturge. You can hear all of these guys, their wonderful voices, all throughout the Block and the Voice podcast network. Dan, I'll go to you first. Are there bears in Oregon? Yeah, we have bears, yes. Mm, okay. Is uh, that your I, favorite? What's the state animal of Oregon? You know what? Um, I think it's the beaver. I don't know if – do states have animals? I kind of made that up. Uh, well, <laughs> I think they do. Does California have a bear on the flag? It, they do, um, and, it's, and they say the republic, obviously. But what's the state bird? That There's definitely a state bird. What's the what's Oregon's bird? What are you representing there? No, I – I know it's not the duck, but uh, mm. I actually I don't know. I have no idea what our state bird is. But Tony, I, what's what's the state bird of Massachusetts? Honestly, I have no idea. Sturge, what's <laughs> the state bird of New Jersey? I'm googling it right now. Holy <laughs> crap! Uh, Aiden, save us! I know the state bird of Texas. Aiden, what, what is? The, oh, Aiden, what is it? Is it a mockingbird? It is. Come on, guys. Jeez, they teach Texas history in seventh grade. You know, let's all – you were there like three years ago, man. Uh, <laughs> so, um, all right, everybody, learn your history, the birds associated with your um, your states. We have one thing to talk about tonight, and it has to do, obviously, with the state of Texas, uh, but primarily, I guess, the state of Louisiana. This is really the only thing we're going to get into because it is consuming the news when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys because – they're not playing because they are frauds. Um, Tom, let's start with you. Thoughts on Sean Payton, who on Tuesday um, resigned, walked away, 
moonwalked away step from down. the New Orleans Saints, step down, however you want to put it. Um, your thoughts on Sean Payton suddenly being available. Um, this is the new version of Earl Thomas, Jamal Adams. Um, get ready. Buckle up, Tom. Yeah, I was just shocked he actually did so. I mean, he's played this game for year after year, talking about walking away from the Saints only to get a nice pay bump or and a contract extension. Uh, you know, so at first I thought this was just him leveraging the situation again. And then, boom, he walked away. And, you know, I love to connect the little dots. And you wonder if the rumbles of displeasure coming out of the Dallas, Texas area had something to do with him walking away now to set up a move. Probably not this year, but maybe next year. It's really interesting that, you know, he has a destination in mind because he talked about taking a break, but not about stepping away from coaching forever. Dan, have you been somebody who has always wanted to see Sean Payton return to the Cowboys at some point? Because this is something that has sort of felt, I don't want to say inevitable, but this is the, you know, these are the high school sweethearts that, you know, always, always locked eyes across the dance floor. But somebody was always dating somebody or somebody was was out of town that summer, you know, um, but, you know, hey, might might finally happen. They both moved back after college. You know, they're working in the same town. They got the same lunch shift. I mean, you never know. Love's in the air. You know, I, I was hoping that we would just been, be able to kind of move on and have a nice new relationship with another coach that we love. And um, we wouldn't have to, to think about that. And uh, and it just with with Peyton, it, it, you know, you, you just feel like you need the stars to align. And and maybe this is something like that. At, I don't necessarily know if the timing is exactly right, but uh, I mean, who wouldn't like to have Sean Payton as their coach? I mean, he's one of the more successful head coaches and, you know, in the last decade or so, or since he's even, you know, showed up in new Orleans, but I mean, I definitely love Sean Payton, but I mean, I'm not like, you know, in awe and just kind of like reminisce about, you know, the good times. And so, I mean, I, I I'm really more focused on the, the rea- our actual reality and uh, trying to get out of that relationship um, and figure out what's uh you know, what's best for this this team right now? Casey Hammond says uh, on our stream, it's a sentimental thing to want Peyton back. It might be nothing more than that. He went to a franchise with a hungry breeze, determined to prove the world that the Chargers messed up, releasing him. 2006 does feel a very long time ago. Quick show of hands as, as we kind of dive into this. Just, again, it, raise your hand, please. If, if you would rather the Cowboys have Sean Payton as a head coach than Mike McCarthy, if you're one of our panelists tonight, um, that is all. Whoa, Aiden, you're kind of wishy-washy here. Um, let's go to you next. Yeah, I mean, Sean Payton is a better coach than McCarthy and Mize. And if you're giving me the option between these two guys, I'm absolutely choosing Sean Payton. My thing is, is I think we've gotten to the point and we did this and when there was a chance of getting Sean Payton back in 2019, I think we've overblown it to where we think Sean Payton is the guy that's going to win five Super Bowls in Dallas and he's going to be the new Tom Landry. And I just, I don't see him as a massive upgrade over McCarthy. I do think he's an upgrade. I just think it's gotten to the point where we're overestimating what Sean Payton can do. Interesting. Um, who do you feel like has had more success away from Dallas? Sean, I mean, because they both won a Super Bowl. Mike McCarthy actually more recently, if you want to be literal about it. Uh, but like whose run was more impressive? Mike McCarthy's in Green Bay or Sean Payton's in New Orleans? I mean, I think it was Sean 
Peyton in New Orleans just because I think Mike McCarthy was working with a better quarterback the entire time. But, I mean, you could argue that they were essentially on identical career trajectories, right? Like, they both had a franchise quarterback. Both of them won one Super Bowl with that franchise quarterback. And since then, it's been a little bit. They've always in contention, but they never really did it. So, you could that's my point. You could argue that they're pretty similar head coaches. Mm, interesting. Aiden, you mentioned it. This story came out in the aftermath of Sean Payton's news on its own. Um, and Tony, I'm going to set you up with this. For anyone who hasn't read the story, you can read it at blogontheboys.com. But the Cowboys reportedly, and I use that word somewhat loosely, almost traded for Sean Payton in 2019. Uh, Tom, I see you giggling. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk uh, has a book coming out this spring. Um, and in promotion of it released, uh, it's a book of essays, I believe, released one of the essays uh, that encapsulated how the Cowboys almost finalized the trade for Sean Payton in the early days of 2019. So after the 2018 season ended, so if you rewind the clock, Tony, Cowboys have just traded for Amari Cooper. They lose to Tennessee on Monday night. They rip off five in a row. They win the NFC East. They beat the Seahawks in the wildcard round. They lose at the Coliseum. Shout out CJ Anderson for ruining all of our lives. And according to Mike Florio, um, and I know that those words don't sit well with a lot of people, but still, um, according to Mike Florio, the Cowboys and Saints had a deal to trade Sean Payton from New Orleans to Dallas until Anthony Davis, then of the New Orleans Pelicans, I can't believe this is a real story, demanded his trade, demanded his departure from his respective NBA franchise. Gail Benson, who is the head of the ownership of both franchises, did not want to lose two New Orleans legends. Obviously, Anthony Davis would uh, ultimately be traded to Dan Rogers' Los Angeles Lakers, win a world championship there. Um, and that is apparently why Sean Payton was not sent to Dallas. He did sign a three-year extension at the time, which is where we are at now, Tony. Do you buy this? Do, do, you, do you think this is real? Do you think we have Anthony Davis to blame? It's funny because you almost don't believe it when you look at it and you and you read it. It's like, how can an NBA move influence uh, an NFL decision? But yeah, I mean, I, we see crazy sports stories and different things that happen all the time like this. And I can understand not wanting to lose two face of the city at the same time. It's crazy to even sit here and think about it. And, you know, it has some legs and it has some validity to it. So it, it's pretty crazy. But I mean, who's to think, you know, the butterfly effect on Anthony Davis, if he was happy in New Orleans, how different we'd be talking about things right now. Mm, maybe. Um, yeah. Maybe we have the lottery to blame. Maybe if Zion ends up on the Knicks, you know, like there's different harmony or something like that. You know, it's just you can go back and blame a bunch of different things. Sturge, I want to turn this into a different conversation and, and starting with you, because this is a more volatile part of it. Um, and you are the most volatile one of our panelists here tonight. Um, so Sean Payton had a quote during his press conference that he held on Tuesday. Again, there was lots of reminiscing. Everybody loved to talk. I don't know if anybody ever you know, knew this, but Sean Payton had a surprise onside kick at the beginning of the second half in the Super Bowl that the Saints won, um, on and on and on. But, Sturge, Sean Payton brought up 2005 when he interviewed for the then-vacant Green Bay Packers job. And he specifically talked about how he found out that that job went to Mike McCarthy and how that tore him up to pieces. Obviously, he would go on to get the Saints job a year later. Do you think that that is just Sean reminiscing, or do you think that that is very purposeful of Sean Payton to talk about losing a job to Mike McCarthy? 
Sean Payton seems to be the kind of guy that, you know, he's a very emotional guy. You see him animated on the sidelines. You see that, you know, obviously there's there's Bounty Gate out there that's going to be linked with him for the rest of his life. And now they got Kevin James playing him in a, in a movie in which he's going to profit off of that, too. So, like, there's a lot of uh, characteristics of Sean Payton that I don't necessarily agree with. But in this, the way that he kind of said, like, yeah, I mean, it's like tongue in cheek. Like, oh, man, I was basically gutted when Mike McCarthy got that job. But. Who would have thought 17 years later I would have taken his? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's one of those things where you just kind of, you, you shake your head and you're like, uh, did he really even have to bring that up? And of course, that's got the world buzzing right now. Just the fact that he brought that up along with a bunch of other quotes. Um, but, you know, it'll be funny. Uh, well, not funny, but it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward with this guy. Um, you know, when it comes to him being a better coach, uh, you know, again, Aiden hit it right on the head. Like, he's he had he had a Hall of Fame quarterback just like McCarthy. You know what I mean? So, very, very similar roads. Um, I think down the line, the Saints were just as like until Tom Brady got to the Bucks. like the Saints had that division on lock every year. It seemed like, it seemed like you know what I mean? So very similar things. I tongue in cheek. I think the comment today was a little a little little bit of a jab, but we'll see. As I said, if it plays out where McCarthy gets fired for this, then 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 you could definitely revisit this as, and put it part of the video package of his arrival. So I don't think it was tongue in cheek at all. I think it was aggressive honestly um him talking okay. about mccarthy and i'll throw this out to anyone who who wants to respond to this so just jump in if if you want i like that i like that sean payton is effectively saying i want this job i want to take it from mike mccarthy i love that i mean i i'm getting hyped about the idea of that is anybody in agreement it's, with me or, it's or aggressive it's definitely aggressive I, I i love it i mean again it was to me i was just like all right was this a kind of like a jab or was this kind of just like haha you know like joking almost like almost as if uh the same thing about dax comments about the refs where he wasn't like malicious he was just like oh yeah credit to them you know what i mean like it was just it was one of those comments where i'm not taking it too too serious but at the same time like you gotta like the aggression, I guess. You know, if if that's the way you're spinning this, you got you kind of kind of admire it. Like that's the kind of coach you want a bloodthirsty coach. You want a guy that look, we haven't had somebody assertive since Bill Parcells. You know what I mean? So other than other than Bill, we've had the clapper and we've had now Mike McCarthy. So it's that's really all we I mean, if you count Wade Phillips, but you know, it is what it is. We'll see. Yeah, anybody you, share this? Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, and you can you can say that one of the problems the Cowboys have had is that there's a perception they're just a soft team mm. with a soft coaching staff, and so yeah, the the I'm I think as much concerned about just McCarthy's attitude and demeanor, especially over the latter half of the season when all of a sudden it was about the officiating. And when he was asked about the offensive problems, he basically said, "That's all, Kellen Moore." You know, I didn't have anything really to do with that. I just let him handle the offense. And I'm kind of tired of that already. I, You know, I was – a week ago I was in the camp of, yeah, Mike McCarthy needs another year. Let's see if he can turn it around. Tom, but, to, to, to kind of springboard off of that, would you say that McCarthy's uh, season-ending press conference made things worse? I think so. Yeah, because he came out and, and doubled down, you know, on, on all the egregious, you know – things that we saw obviously double down on the QB draw and that like 
again, talking about it from McCarthy made it worse. And then obviously what Kansas City did and everyone online has taken their victory laps over the Cowboys, you know, what they were able to do, what Dallas was not able to do. I mean, it it has only been made to look worse. So in that spirit, I have two questions that I'm going to throw at each of you tonight. And that's kind of the subject matter. I didn't tell any of you this surprise. Haha, whatever. Gotcha. Uh, the first question, everybody get ready. Tom, you have to go last because you kind of brought this subject up. Tony, we'll start with you. Why are you ready to move on from Mike McCarthy? Because you all raised your hands. You all said, I would rather take Sean Payton over Mike McCarthy. Everyone here is ready to move on. And I want to know why. And again, the challenge here is that after somebody says something, you know, this is a difficult situation to come up with a totally different answer, but do your best. You know, let's, let's be original here, guys. You know, no copycats around here. Tony Catalina, why are you ready to move on from Mike McCarthy? I think it was just the lack of accountability in the way that he got these players to think it was okay to sit there and, and blame the refs. I think we all touched on it on a round table or two where we said Dak Prescott has always said the right things and he's always led, you know, as a great leader, as a great football player, somebody with, you know, high character. And he was out there saying things that were, you know, counter to what we always thought of him on the podium. You know, the, the way he spoke about the fans and, and, you know, throwing things at the refs and the way that you saw like C.D. Lamb and other guys like even Demarcus Lawrence so comfortable to, uh, you know, tag the league and in Instagram posts. It just felt like it was uh. down from the from the top down. And it's it just one of those things where like we just touched on, you know, at his his exit press conference, he he just he kind of just doubled down on the um passing the buck a little bit there. And I just don't that's not really the leadership that I think in any profession you'd want to see from like a, a boss, a leader, somebody who is a you know a leader of men and, and grown ups, but at the same time grown ups, nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just Kevin like James any, also in that movie, as well as right. John Payton. Uh, Break yeah, Break full circle. Right. Full circle here. But yeah, so it's 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 tough to it's for me most of the part it's everything pretty much off the field it's just like how it just felt like kellen moore was a sinking ship that he was by himself going down with it and it offensively and just the way that he handled everything off the field that it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way i think i think it's a fresh page of a new start john wick makes me sweaty again can't believe i say that online sometimes uh says mccarthy doesn't have the locker room not saying it's a circus but it's apparent there's no leadership from the coaching staff and lack of discipline in um the subject is what it is here for the roundtable right now but i want to ask you a specific question when the bleacher report expose came out against mike mccarthy you know the the, the spring after the packers had fired him everybody again dunked on him you know this is ridiculous this is crazy and i always even then had a difficult time believing that he was legitimately and literally getting massages you know while, while the game plan was being you know installed or whatever the case may be i have less of a difficult time believing that now are, are am i am i just caught up in the moment or, or are you of the same line of thinking i mean i have no idea i i don't I think it's a little bit different. I don't think he's necessarily a bad leader. I just don't think he's amazing at what he does. Like, I think in terms of leadership goes, yeah, I think he's okay. But the way that I see McCarthy is, and I'm, I'm kind of putting him in the same boat as Garrett, possibly mm. Kellen Moore, where they're not going to be, they're not going to be a coach that completely holds the team back. They're not a Matt Nagy. They're not those type of coaches that you can't win with them. But I just, I don't see these coaches as being guys that can really propel the team forward. And that's, that's kind of how I viewed McCarthy. And it's after the loss to San Francisco, that's, 
this time viewing McCarthy going forward, where he's not going to make the team better. He's not going to hold the team back, sure, and that's fine and great. But if he's not going to make the team better, then you need everything else to go perfectly. Like the like with the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl, you need mm-hmm. everything else to go right with that type of coach. And I just don't think it happens for us. So that's why I'm out on McCarty. Sturge, Johnny Boy RN uh, posits, the real question is if the team improved because of McCarthy or was he rescued by the defensive rookie of the year and Quinn? I would also throw out uh, as, a, as a line of rescue, was he rescued by Trayvon Diggs having a ridiculous season? I, look, we all love Trayvon Diggs. I think if you can all nod, we all agree. There's no way he has the same season next year. There will be some regression to the mean for Trayvon Diggs. Think about like how many things you know are different if, if things are like if Trayvon Diggs doesn't have that crazy pick six in New England. We're talking about a very different Cowboys team, right? Very different Cowboys results. So do you agree with that, Sturge? Is Mike McCarthy simply, you know, the guy with the biggest headset on while all this stuff was happening around him? Yeah, I mean, look, the regular season played out the way it played out. We won 12 games, right? So, like, we're looking at the COVID season of 2020, and we're all just kind of giving a mulligan, right? We're like, all right, first-year head coach. He couldn't even get a training camp. He couldn't even get with his players, blah, blah, blah. We go 6-10. and 10, We lose Dak Prescott, right? So this whole that whole year was a mulligan, right? And then we get on to Hard Knocks, which is, again, for me, I love it. Some people hate it. It is what it is. We get on Hard Knocks. We get a little bit more insight of the goofball that he is, you know, with the mojo moment and all this other stuff. And that's all well and good. The problem I have, and this is the reason why I'm ready to move out on McCarthy, is that this Dallas Cowboys team, I don't care where the wins came from. Sure, they swept the East. They should have swept the East, right? And then they got another six wins on top of that. So they went 12-5 and this year. I'm ready to move on from McCarthy because not only did you go 12 and five, you got the three seed, you got a home game and you couldn't get your team prepared to win that one. That was a very, very winnable game. These are results that the Cowboys fans and the brass expect, right? We went 10 plus years. It felt like, you know, between offensive coordinator and head coach of Jason Garrett, right? I'm excited to know that maybe we don't wait as long this time around. You know, like we're two seasons in, we're about to be three. Chances are Mike McCarthy will indeed be the head coach next year, right? Like we, unless Jerry Jones literally gives the keys of Texas, eight first round picks or whatever the Saints There are no state keys for Texas, just to be clear. I'm saying usually it's keys to the city, but I'm giving them the whole state, right? So that's what I'm saying. Jerry Jones is probably willing to move everything possible to get this guy. But I think Mike McCarthy ultimately will be the, the unfortunate, and I think Dan Rogers brought it up in our, our chat. He's the lame duck coach, right? He's he's there. He's now coaching for his life. I kind of like that, but I just hope that the Dallas Cowboys are willing to part ways with a coach after just three years rather than w- make us wait for 10. You know, like this, you couldn't get this team ready for San Francisco, and then on top of that, you said they were nervous? Like, I'm sorry, man. You got your uh, – Anthony, uh, Tony put it on the – hit it right on the head too. Like – you, you have to be a leader of men. This is not a leader of men. You, you don't commit 14 penalties and say, ah, that's something we'll clean up next year 100%. No, no, no. You need to clean that up this year. That, that, you almost led the league in penalties this year, and then you went into the wild card game. It, there's too many red flags right now for McCarthy, and I think we're, I think the Cowboys fans and the media are also not ready to get complacent again and start thinking to themselves, is this Garrett all over again? Before we can figure that out, let's just move on. Let's move Dan, on right now. Why are you ready to move on? Well, I kind of have a different line of thinking with this. I, I don't, I don't see McCarthy as Garrett. I uh, actually, you know, to me, he's more of a, a mild-mannered Barry Switzer. You know, he he's kind of a do-nothing coach. You know, he lets everybody do their own thing, and 
and which is fine. I mean, that's if you, you know, you don't want a coach that's interfering and, you know, I'm glad he's hands off in the draft, let those guys do their job. But I mean, I don't see him like, and what Aiden touched on it. It's like, I don't, I'm not seeing him actually do anything that's contributing to, to, to better this team. And my biggest concern is that he's going to unravel some of the great work that has been done with this culture. And when I say culture, it's not just the players and, and the way that they present themselves and, and go about doing their jobs, but, but the effect of that it has on the Joneses. And, you know, I've met, talked to you guys about this before, like why I love Jason Garrett so much is because I really think that he, he transformed Jerry Jones into this really terrible GM to actually listen, listening to people. And, and I think they've grown up a lot in how they go about running the Cowboys and that, that, you know, I, I means a lot to me and I don't want to, I don't want to see that go away. And, but if you look at someone like Sean Payton, if he comes in here, like just, just play this hypothetical, he comes in here that he's a coach the Cowboys want, whereas McCarthy is he's a mm. guy that wants the job. He's all yeah. you know, he just sells himself. I want the job. Now we have somebody that's going to stand in and it's going to work on my terms. And and to me, that's that's a lot better than McCarthy and just kind of letting them just stand back and letting things just completely unravel. So. I mean, I don't expect him to be gone, but you know, I'm, you know, I'll be happy that the day that it happens. Interesting. Um, kind of thinking about it, um, that's that's a really interesting. Um, <laughs> all, all I could think about, Dan, when you brought that up, was the office. I feel like so we're, we've been chasing Michael Scott. Like if we're looking at the, the perspective of the boss, right? Like we've been chasing Michael Scott, and Mike McCarthy is Robert California. That's who he is. Like, it just has never felt right. It's awkward. It's weird. You don't know what he's saying half the time, you know, whatever. Jason Garrett, as much as we love him, Andy Bernard, right? Like the lovable, you know, one of the guys like, you know, has the heart and the spirit for the job. But you know who we really need? You know who we're looking for here? We're looking for Charles Miner. That's who we're looking for. Charles was an amazing, like, as far as, like, production for the the company was concerned, Charles was the guy who was like, look, I don't care about all this crazy crap. We got to make some paper sales. Let's do that. That's the dude that we want, not the guy who's who's going to be, like, all goofy and wacky and silly or whatever. Like, we don't need that. Does that, does that make sense for anybody, or did I take us into too deep? Uh, I, uh, I would actually think he's more like, Will Farrell when he came on there and did the juggling with nothing and you know and he has this group I got Fossil you're in the circle come on you know Philbin come on you're in the circle <laughs> I mean but uh I I suppose so maybe he's a hybrid of Will Farrell's character and Robert California um but because Robert like to me like kind of just inherited like this like insane level of power you know what I mean like and and all of a sudden was just like in charge and like blindly in charge and so like that's that's kind of how I feel about Mike McCarthy um Tom, I'm going to throw Johnny Boy's question to you. It says, but why does McCarthy want the job? Because coaching him is, is in his vein or because his ego needs a rebirth? Some of his decisions make me question that. You kind of have a problem with his ego, Tom. Is that why you're ready to get rid of him? Yeah. Uh, I first, first off, I think one of the things this team really needs is a swift kick in the posterior. And Jeez, oh, posterior. Fam, family show. It's being, yeah, why I said cool. posterior. Well, you know, maybe you know they need, maybe the kick should be administered a little bit forward of that, actually. But they they've just this team just lost its way, and no one was really able to get do anything to get it corrected, or at least was unwilling to. And 
you kind of get the sense in the latter stages that McCarthy walked in here with his Super Bowl ring and just expected everything to fall into place because he was in charge and on top. And like I said, he didn't, he really kind of let things get out of control. Things just weren't going their way. I think, as was mentioned, he got carried by Dan Quinn a lot. And I, I think that they need a change. I think Sean Payton is a good option for that change. And I'll just say one thing. If they don't get the penalties corrected, at least we know the Sean Payton, they're going to get their money's worth from those penalties. <laughs> Tom, dude. <laughs> oh, man. It's a family show. I oh. mean, let's be cool here, dude. Um <laughs> I actually I love this comment from Casey Hammond. I think you will all agree with it. it. Says the I know how to win in this league comment. That's what McCarthy said uh, in his postseason press conference. Um, uh, he made immediately after losing a playoff game. Rub me the wrong way for sure, Tom. I think you nailed it. Like I do think McCarthy is is kiss the ring. In in fact, he's he's Biff in alternate 1985. That's who he is. He he is like I'm here. I'm king. I'm the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to run out of the tunnel that I want to run into. He kind of feels to me like I know I've jumped all over the place with pop culture references. If anybody has seen the episode of Friends um, where Emily wants Ross to sell all of the like furniture that Rachel has ever sat on or touched or whatever. McCarthy's like, oh, Jason Garrett uh, had sweet tea to drink on Wednesdays. Hell no. My, my sweet tea comes on Tuesdays. You know, like I, it, it just kind of feels like he wants us to be the Mike McCarthy show um and i i agree with this like this this comment really rubbed me the wrong way none of you had the courtesy to ask me why i wanted to get rid of mike mccarthy um hey uh, rj 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 real quick i don't, I don't um, care it's, it's too late you... it's too late search it's too late <laughs> um but i will say don't care anyway it's it's a it's a a combination of all your answers to just be lame but it is because he has clearly you know listening to it's it's been over a week obviously and listening to all of our podcasts, the Blog and the Voice Podcast Networks, all of your opinions, I kept waiting for somebody to not have an issue with the way the Cowboys players handled the end of the game. I kept waiting for somebody to not be bothered by blaming the refs. I kept I kept waiting to, to just feel like I'm overreacting. I'm, I'm being ridiculous, like holding them to this high standard. But like that was such a letdown. I mean, and I, I think we would all agree with that. Like that was Dan, you mentioned the word culture like that. I, he has contaminated them. Like, and I, that's a heavy word to use, but I really feel that way. I tweeted this out that night. Like, it made me miss the Jason Guerra era in that sense, that sense specifically. Sorry, Dan. I know Garrett's your boy, but I just, I, I'm going to throw something out that it, I feel ridiculous saying, but I kind of can under, I can kind of make a, a leap. Aiden, I'll put this to you to say that. Aaron Rodgers is partly the, the prickly way he is because of Mike McCarthy. Like he clearly develops this like, you know, environment of hostility and aggression. And again, Aaron Rodgers is his own person. There's different things, but like I could see him breeding that. Like we, we're seeing evidence of that with his Cowboys team. I'm not going to go that far in my opinion. Wow. Well, then you're wrong. No big deal. In, in my I, opinion, I, oh, that was, that was pretty, pretty spot on RJ. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that's that's okay. a very good point. I mean, maybe, but I, in my opinion, there's just this is a family show. Once again, I'm not going to use adjectives to describe how I actually feel about Aaron Rodgers right now. Sure. No, but I mean, but, like, again, Aaron is who Aaron is. But my point is, like, like uh, the evidence shows that McCarthy creates a culture of complainers, of whiners, of bad, you know, ownership. I mean, that those are all qualities that describe Aaron Rodgers just in a football sense. I can see it from an arrogance level. Right. Like, 
for my money, Aaron Rodgers is by far the most arrogant football player in the NFL. And I mean, we're kind of seeing it with McCarthy now, like we just touched on where he wants everybody on the team to bow down before him because I won this Super Bowl that nobody yeah. else in the NFL can win. I won the one <laughs> Super Bowl in history. Yeah, the difference, so the difference, the difference is Aaron Rodgers is arrogant, but he's still the best quarterback in football and backs it up every year you know what i mean like you're not mark mccarthy is not the best coach in the nfl but yet he walks around like Connor mcgregor you know i'm not, just, I'm not trying to justify it the, I, the reason he is that way and i don't know if any of you agree is because he wanted in this building everybody goes into work in the house that mike mccarthy hoisted the lombardi and i believe he really likes reminding people of that uh dan you raised your hand very polite of you a thousand points yeah. again I wanted to ask somebody a question. Um, so, I mean, we all saw the uh, the hard knocks. You know, we got a little bit of a glimpse of, um, you know, Prescott. And I don't know if you remember the scene in particular. They were trying to monitor his his usage. And, and there was a time where I think it was maybe Gil- Gilbert or something. But Prescott got agitated. You know, he didn't want to be come, come out. And he said something kind of – it's kind of jerky, to be honest, to I think it was Gilbert. Um, mm-hmm. And I, it's like, you know, I don't – I don't know Dak Prescott and I'm not around him enough to, this is a certain different environment, but what I want to know for anybody else, maybe you RJ, um, have you seen anything in Prescott to where like he's changed in how he acts? I mean, is he, is that just kind of that, is that, is that game day or Prescott, you know, practice field Prescott or, uh, cause is it, I honestly, when I saw that, I'm like, yeah, he's kind of a jerk. I mean, but you know, so I was just wondering I think that's such a great point, Dan. And I remember that moment in Hard Knocks and everybody kind of chalked it up to Dak being competitive, Dak wanting the reps because he was coming back and et cetera. And that made sense. And that you know may still logically explain what happened. You know, obviously what Dak said after the season ended, you know, caught a lot of attention and then he got fined and everything. That was not the first time that he was prickly. Dak, you know, after they lost, I mean, this season, Dak has even, you know, taken the stage. And look, I love Dak. We all love Dak. I'm not trying to turn this into the anti-Dak show. I know you're not either, Dan, but Dak came out. Remember he said like, yeah, you know, if you want to jump off the bandwagon, fine. So be it like kind of, you know, I wouldn't say like win ad fans, but kind of was like, you know, quit doubting us. It's like, no, dude, you, you're losing. Like you're losing and your offense is awful right now. And so, I do think that Dak has kind of gotten, and maybe that's just like, you know, tenure. Maybe that's just, you know, he's he's a, an older player. He's the senior on campus. He's no longer the young, you know, guy, youngest student in the locker room. Um, he's, he's much more experienced in, in a lot of different ways. But I do think that we saw signs of that, you know, earlier than just the season ending. I don't know if anybody else agrees. He's definitely walking around with a little bit more swag, and I think that was a good thing. Um, I, I don't, I don't discredit Dak Prescott for the way he handled some of these things. As far as you know, you want to see that out of your quarterback. You know what I mean? Like I, I think when you're losing and the, and the world is turning on him, like like half the chat right now saying, "I got people out here saying like, oh, it's time for a new quarterback." Like stop! Like it's not, it's not a thing. Like just stop thinking that the that all of a sudden the Cowboys are not only a going to pull the trigger on Sean Payton, but b we're going to draft the next best quarterback coming or trade for somebody else. Dak Prescott's our guy, and and believe it or not, I think the moxie that he carried himself this year was probably the best version of him personality-wise. This is the guy you need. There was, there's there's uh, a uh, a phrase or at least a, a, um, a way to describe somebody with a Mamba mentality. That was Kobe Bryant, right? Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, all these legends of their respective sports had to carry themselves with a little bit of, I'm better than you, and I'm about to prove it. Has Dak proven it? No, but 
again, he, he's he's at least trying to carry himself like that. I mean, you can't knock that. I want to bring it back to Mike McCarthy quickly, Sturge, and then we'll yeah, kind of get to, to Sean Payton. You know, another problem I have with him, again, nobody asked me why I wanted to be out on Mike McCarthy. Really huge jerk move for all of you. Minus a thousand points for all of you. So, uh, you know, we Tom, you mentioned it. You kind of springboarded our, he's got the Super Bowl ring. He walks and talks big because of it discussion. He doesn't even utilize that in the ways that it should be utilized, right? Like when, when he was hired, it, it felt like all, all the comps were like the Cowboys have finally gone back to the Bill Parcells archetype. They finally hired somebody that's going to come in and, and boss them around and make decisions. I'm sorry, Sturge. We still see Zeke Elliott getting a lion's share of the carries, even though he is the, the lesser running back on the team. We, we still see CeeDee Lamb not utilizing the slot. I mean, we still see, you know, these stupid things that don't make sense. If, if Mike McCarthy, Tony, were truly this alpha, you know, guy with this big swing and Super Bowl ring, he would have yanked the play calling away from Kellen Moore as the season was collapsing. He would have said, I'm the offensive genius. I'm the guy. I'm going to do this, but all he's done, people have loved to say for years and years and years that Jason Garrett and Wade Phillips were just puppets for the Joneses. If anyone has been the most puppety, Tom, we'll get to you in a second. Tony, I feel like it's been Mike McCarthy. He's, he's just been kind of a front man this season. Absolutely. I think he's just kind of delegated a little bit, had Kellen Moore on his own little island there. And, you know, like the, We've talked about it a few times the way Kellen Moore's perception, how people felt about him, has changed night and day from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. And you know, with the head coach Mike McCarthy, like you said, Super Bowl pedigree, right? He's won a Super Bowl. He he walks around like he knows what he should be doing. He he carries a big stick. And you know, Kellen Moore, when when it wasn't working, it seemed like he was on an island doing things by himself. So yeah, you would, you know, Dan Quinn had it under control. The defense, you know, was played way above expectations this year but you couldn't have i mean and we don't know those internal conversations we only know the product and, and kind of see what what has been shown and told to us but yeah it looks like Kellen Moore may have been used or could have used uh some senior help in that situation to me more than just a walk around coach he you maybe you could have parted some wisdom to that offensive room there a little bit more this year tommy raised your hand thousand points yeah i was just going to say that there didn't seem to be much evidence of relationship between McCarthy and Dak. And I'm not too sure how much there was between him and Kellen as, as Tony was alluding to, he just, he literally was just staying back and say, okay, okay, you guys need to do your job. I'm going to be over here, you know, playing with my play sheet, but you guys take care of business. And that is one of the things I, I'm, Fairly certain that is not how Sean Payton would roll into the building. Uh, Casey Hammond says McCarthy does what a singer does during a guitar solo. Spotlight is off of him, and there he is, awkwardly stands there banging on an imaginary tambourine. I like that. Uh, Casey's our best comment there. Uh, uh, seriously, I mean, like that's that's an. I feel bad for the singer though, and those that's an awkward moment. Like, what are you supposed to do? You know what I mean? Like the the guitar solo is the the point of that moment in time. Um, okay, so next question. We need, we need more cowbell, McCarthy. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Nice. Um, okay, so this is kind of a a weird question that I'm going to kind of amend as I go through each of you. So I'm not even going to put anything on the screen. That's just kind of the mood I'm in. Um, Aiden, we'll start with you. I personally believe this is the least juicy Dallas Cowboys off season. I don't know, since 2014. And the only thing that kind of like, you know, electroshocked life into that was all the Johnny, you know, discussion, you know, that's, that's what kind of like, woke everybody up but that was a really depressing off season to begin after three straight eight and eight seasons this is just so like 
fine. You know, like we'll, we'll, we'll watch you do it, whatever. Um, but the Sean Payton move would immediately take this from zero to a hundred. Is that the only thing you think Aiden that can kind of like save them? Not like save, save, but, but make them somewhat relevant and interesting. Cause they, they're kind of just boring now. I think everybody expects them to be poor in 2021 or 2022. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing I can think of is, I mean, I don't see us getting a defensive coordinator. That's an upgrade over Dan Quinn, who's at this point going to leave us. So, I mean, at this point, maybe getting it like some stud offensive coordinator, but who would that like, who would that be? Cause Kellen Moore is probably going to be back. So now we're looking at, I don't know. We're probably looking at the same coaching staff. We've hit on it. I think if Sean Payton comes, yes, that's the only thing that can vault us into a excitement for 2022 because here's the reality. A lot of free agents are leaving. We're not going to be able to retain all of them because we are in a disaster salary cap wise. Not we as don't bad have as good... <laughs> True. And I think that's part of the reason Payton left, but you don't have good draft capital and in my mind, 2021 was the best this team's going to get, at least for the foreseeable future. So barring a complete upgrade in leadership, what else is there to be excited about? Dan, so two-part question. The first is just yes or no. Yes or no, is Sean Payton the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys for the 2023 season? I'm going to say no. I'm going to play the odds and say no. Well, the second question was kind of predicated on you saying yes. So, Oh, uh, yeah, sure. He's going to be the coach. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> If that's the case, because like honestly though, like the math of that makes sense, right? Like Peyton wants to sit out, wants to do TV, whatever, wants to chill, go to his Netflix red carpet premiere, on and on and on, whatever. And then like I tweeted this out earlier, you can kind of see the Cowboys having like a 2019 season, being close, losing frustrating games, whatever, barely missing out on the playoffs, dismissing Mike McCarthy, and then bringing Sean Payton in. All the reports have been that he's going to return to coaching maybe next year. This year might not be the case. If that is the case, are we just like, are we just like wasting time? You know what I mean? Like, is that is that what this season is? Is it just, you know, I this was never me. Um, but like in college, I had friends who like failed a class. And that's just like just like wasting money. You know what I mean? Like th this is just like wasting time. Is it not wasting time and opportunity and, and you know, experience or whatever? Well, it is. And I'll tell you something, RJ. It's I mean, ever since McCarthy joined the team, I've just kind of counting the days. Um, so mm. uh, to me, it's just kind of waste wasting time it, honestly if, if you can't if you can't take a team that has leads the league in turnovers all the points scored yards gained you know micah parsons 10 plus sack you know 10 plus picks all these things together you have dan quinn come in and he brings his buddy joe Witt in there you have all these things if you can't do something with that then what are you gonna do what are you gonna do now you know with without those things with with less pieces so i mean i i'm gonna be excited about this season but there's a lot of reasons to be less excited about this season so yeah we just um you know let's just plan some other things and just you know count down the days and hopefully something will happen and peyton falls in our lap and it won't cost us a draft pick of any sort and you know it, and everything will be happy again i don't know tom um i saw calvin watkins of the dallas morning news tweet this out he, he tweeted if you're gonna hire sean peyton just do it just do it now because the pressure on Mike McCarthy and the criticism will be insane in 2022. I think we agree that, that the pressure and the criticism is going to be insane no matter what. Like, Because even though Earl Thomas or Jamal Adams were always these presentable options, there was never this like, I mean, we, we've all hated the Cowboys safety situation, but there was never this like, oh, 
you know, you were just terrible. But now there's this like measurable for Mike McCarthy. There, there's this carrot to kind of compare him to. That, that is, you know, objectively a really difficult and arguably unfair place to be. Do you think it's unfair? Are you happy that's the case? Are you happy that he's going to have that hopeful sense of motivation? Do you think he adjusts? Like, like, what's your thought on that? Do you think it is at the very least unkind of the Cowboys to have Mike McCarthy go through the motions this season if they do plan to bring Sean Payton in next year? Yeah, it's it's almost like they've reached a point of no return, and maybe we should just hope that the fact that Sean Payton didn't completely slam the door on immediately going to a new team is meaningful. But uh, you know, I think the the only hope for the team would be something like the replay of the Barry Switzer Super Bowl when basically Troy Aikman and the leaders took over things and went out and won another ring because they knew the coaching wasn't going to get them there. Um, and the shame is that that would suddenly raise the question of, well, do you have to keep McCarthy now, which would probably be the wrong thing at that point. So it's, it's really, it's a, it's a messy situation that all goes back to the fact that the Jones family is just so open about what they want to do and their wishes and all that stuff. And they've put this out there and deservedly or not, McCarthy is now in just what I see as an impossible situation. It's his Super Bowl or bust. And I'm not terribly sure that if he managed to get this team to the Super Bowl, he wouldn't still be shown the door. Tony, if, if we're willing to assume that Sean Payton is ready now, he, the, again, the verbiage all day has been he's burned out. He wants to take some time away. He wants to decompress, et cetera. And that, that very well may be true. But let's assume he's ready now. If the phone rings, he's ready to, to you know jump on a plane, get to the star, get to work, utilize the 24th overall pick, whatever. Um, what's the most you're willing to pay? Because there is some necessary compensation. I mean, you're you're ready to move on from Mike McCarthy. We've, we've spent 45 minutes kind of talking about that whole idea. What's the most you, Tony Catalina, are willing to pay? And if you mess this answer up, everyone's going to hate you. So go ahead. <laughs> I mean, for me, I I don't think I'm, I'm – I know there's been conversation that's happened in similar situations where first-round first picks are out there and that's what you had to give up. I don't think I'd feel comfortable doing that. I mean, I think it would – for me, I mean, if we're talking second, third-round picks, future picks, whatever the case may be, I think the most I would give up is a second round pick and some change. Um, it's if, if, you know, if you want him bad enough and we know that Jerry Jones, would he want something? He goes and gets it, but are you ready to mortgage your future for Sean Payton? Who we think all of us here, I think agree that Sean Payton is better than Mike McCarthy, but how much better? And the, and can you antiquate, can you put a number value of what that percentage is? Because we've seen what a first-round pick did for us this year. Do you think Sean Payton would have a bigger impact on this team, comparatively speaking to Mike McCarthy, than Mike Parsons had on this defense? So, yeah, I mean, I would play around with a second-round pick and see what else that we could get involved in there, but I'm not touching first-round picks for a coach. Okay, so Sturch, I want to set you up with a question, but to do that, F Kick Crutch asked us all if I could get everyone to answer using your hands. Um, on a scale from 1 to 10, what's everyone's excitement level? So your excitement level for the season. Just use your hands, everybody. I've got five fingers up, so that's my level of excitement. The uh, 2022 season, the upcoming? Yeah, the upcoming season. Um, so I'm a five. Uh, Aiden's a two. Goodness gracious. Tony, uh, Tony's a three. Dan is also a five. That's the winning number. Uh, Tom is a four. Uh, and Sturge is a two. Wow, um, Dan, you and I led the way. Uh, so Sturge, seeing all those answers for, from 
all of us, obviously incredibly bright-minded and handsome people. Um, how did the Cowboys not do it then? Because th- it does feel, and, and maybe we're, we're still prisoners in the moment, but it does feel like they are just stuck. And it feels like there's this collective whatever. Like, I, I do think that there, there is this new sense of apathy, uh, you know, uh, as far as how people are approaching them. I don't think any of us or any Cowboys fan is going to be gassed or juiced or hyped if they are 10-0. and 0. I mean, because it's going to be a matter of who cares. You're going to blow it again. So, like, how do they not make a move to to, to fix this? In typical Cowboys fashion, I think that the Cowboys would get off to like a, I don't know, like a two and four start, right? And then they would fire McCarthy and then the Kellen Moore would be your interim coach and then he would lead them to a 10 and seven season. And all of a sudden this conversation is, do we retain Kellen or do we go get Sean Payton? That's going to be the oh, conversation. Gosh, that I sounds so much worse. It's search. terrible, right? It's, oh. awful. it's like a bad nightmare. No, but honestly, like, um, you know, uh, Tony said he wouldn't give up a one, right? I wouldn't give up a one if I was in the same spot as I was last year, like 10, 11, 12, 13th pick, right? But you're 24th. Chances are it's going to be the best player available, right? And if the Saints want a one and you want them bad enough, you pull that trigger. You, that, that's it, man. Like, look, we've we found hidden gems in the second, third, fourth rounds, right? Hidden gems, also an Adam Sandler movie, just to be clear. That was a really good one, too. Um <laughs> But uh, I would uh, I, I would do it like if the Cowboys are serious and it would show it would reinstall. We I put a two out eight and put a two. The highest number was a five. Right. So you're like halfway there on getting excited. If Jerry Jones were to go out and say, you know what? F this like we need to win now. Right. Right. So here we are. Just like a couple of years back, they said, you know what, Dak, you got nobody to throw to. I'm going to give up a one for Amari Cooper, right? So he went out and did that, right? And that changed the entire complexion of the season because we had somebody that ran some crisp routes, right? And we did some decent work in that year, ultimately to, you know, fail again in the playoffs like we typically do. But when you're looking at this team right now, if Jerry Jones is in that mindset where there was rumblings that McCarthy wouldn't have made it past this past Monday, like that's what I heard, right? So I heard a lot of things, rumblings here and there about McCarthy being out this this past Monday. It didn't happen, right? But Sean Payton was also not available this past Monday. So if Jerry Jones not technically, to, technically, right. But if Jerry Jones wants to make the splash and get everybody from a five to an eight to a nine to a ten, you give up the 24th pick in the draft, possibly the third over. I mean, a uh, third round to whatever the Saints are going to more than likely want in compensation for this, which, again, they could fleece us. They need they need all the help they can get. They have zero cal- like salary cap room, right? So they need to draft as much as they possibly can for all these minimal deals. They need draft picks. We need a head coach. It's a match made in heaven. I know you guys discussed before about how uh, McCarthy wants this job, and then Sean Payton would kind of just kind of get in there and say, like, well, it's my job. It's, you know, I'm here now. I don't, I don't buy that. I think that Sean Payton is a very prideful guy, and if he can go out and take a different team to a Super Bowl and win it, I mean, that, that would cement his legacy as one of the greatest coaches to ever do this. So the only way he could do it is if you pull the trigger. So I, um, in our final 10 or so minutes here, I want to bring up a hypothetical that I thought of, or not even a hypothetical, but more of a what if, um, that I thought of while we were talking here. And this might be a conversation that needs way more than 10 minutes and maybe we'll explore over the off season. Um, but so everyone willing to follow me down the rabbit hole, everyone good. Cause sure. this, this is, this is weird. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I haven't had dinner yet, so I'm a little, you know, Let's get weird. I'm in a weird headspace. But so I to to come with me down this ride, we all have to um, believe Mike Florio's essay about the Cowboys being close to trading for Sean Payton. <laughs> um, so, again, the premise here is that the Cowboys were willing to trade for Sean Payton 
at the conclusion of the 2018 season. They were reigning NFC's champions. They won a playoff game, et cetera. This was, as we mentioned at the top of the show, the season that they traded for Amari Cooper. Sturch, you just brought that trade up, sending a first-round pick. Is it arguable that that ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, set this team back, the trading for Amari Cooper? Because if we're to assume that that does not happen, Right, If the Cowboys do not send a first-round pick to the then-Oakland Raiders for Amari Cooper, the offense is terrible. They likely don't win the division. Philadelphia likely repeats as reigning Super Bowl champions, by the way. They still made the playoffs even you know then. Um, and maybe that's enough to fire Jason Garrett. I mean, they, they – you know, and, uh, sorry, Dan. I know you love Garrett. I don't mean to just like use him as this punching bag for this point. But the Cowboys won five games in a row over that stretch and, and – two of them against the Eagles, one against Washington on Thanksgiving, one against Sean Payton's New Orleans Saints that was on Thursday Night Football that was very impressive. You know, Jalen Smith had a great game to contextualize how long ago that was. But if they do not, you know, have success, maybe, you know, they're far more desperate. Maybe they're willing to move on from Jason Garrett, you know, at that point in time. And even if Anthony Davis still asks for a trade from the New Orleans Pelicans, maybe to your point, Sturge, the Cowboys are far more willing to pay. Maybe that first round pick, that 2019 first round pick that went to the Raiders that became Jonathan Abram, maybe the Cowboys are willing to send that from, instead of going to Oakland, to New Orleans to get Sean Payton in Dallas starting in 2019. Is anybody with me? Does anybody have any thoughts here? Would you prefer that? If you could go back in time, would you rather have Sean Payton as the head coach of the Cowboys starting in 2019 as opposed to Jason Garrett with Amari Cooper on the field? Oof. Um, I, oh, man. <laughs> I, you know what? Hypothetically, I think that makes sense. Um, what would you prefer though? If you could, if you could go back and, and if, I I, think... if, if I, if we could butterfly effect this to use Tony's point, if I could take you back to October 22nd, which was the day they traded for Amari Cooper. And I could say, don't do it. Don't do it. Just be bad. Just let the season continue to fall apart. They did. They were three and four on that day. They had just lost at Washington. That was the snap infraction game uh, with LP Ladusser, who, you know, wish he was still around. But they were three and four. And I could tell you, Sturge, just let the season fall away. At the end of the season, trade your first round pick to New Orleans and get Sean Payton in here. Would, would they be better now than they currently are? So technically, this would be going into like year three under Sean Payton right now, or no? Actually, year four, year four, four under Sean Payton. If you could, if you can also promise me in that four year span, we made it to the NFC Championship game, then maybe of I'd say yeah. You, of course, you would say yes if I could promise you that. Then but yeah. Kellen, Kellen Moore never becomes the offensive coordinator of the Cowboys in this hypothetical, or maybe doesn't. I mean, I don't know, but he became the offensive coordinator in twenty nineteen. Coach at Boise, let him go. Coach at Boise. <laughs> like, it is what it is. Does anybody prefer this hypothetical? I mean, or did I just waste everybody's time? Tony, you raised your hand. No, I mean, if you're telling me, you know, bottom line, that Sean Payton has been our coach and he's been our coach for a few years now, I, I'd like that. I mean, I like the idea of not having Jason Garrett. Sorry, Dan. You know, and I do think that Sean Payton, you know, we know what he's done to cap situations. We've, we see it in the Saints, and he's kind of bailing out when the debt is due. But at the same time, um, Sean Payton as a coach, I think he – is better than Mike McCarthy. I think if he was able to get in here, I think he would be better for the offense. And you're telling me the only drawback is you got to organically tank for a year and you don't have Amari Cooper. I think I think we're in a good spot with Sean Payton at the head coach in that hypothetical. I mean, 2019 
Tom, I, you're about to speak. 2019 was the year Dak took a step. And some of that was obviously Kellen Moore. Some of that was John Kitna. You know, there were a lot of factors involved there. But, I mean, I think we can presume that he still takes a step with Sean Payton as his head coach. Again, who knows if, you know, the Cowboys get help for him. Um, obviously, they don't have Amari Cooper in this hypothetical. But, Tom, your point. Yeah. And additionally, you know, Sean Payton would have had the 2019 offseason and training camp and everything to get himself established. And I kind of trust him to manage a depleted roster better than a lot of other coaches. Cause better than, than 2019 Garrett or, and, and that's, let's not forget, sorry, Tom, but they got a great season from Robert Quinn that year. I mean, you know, and, and he would, I mean, Tony, you mentioned it. Sean Payton would have been spending in free agency. So like this team looks very different right now. Right. I yeah. mean, and maybe their salary cap situation is, is much different. Um, it's obviously much different, but they, they would have. Uh Oh, Oh wow. So the Our leader of the pack, flows. the leader of the pack is uh, taking a hiatus right now. He's finally going to eat. But if we yeah. go to the comments real quick, there is something funny. Kevin Shirley brings up in RJ's hypothetical, we suck because they don't have Cooper and Peyton gets fired last year. Yeah. Is that true? Do you guys believe in that? No, I think I, Kevin, Kevin attacks my inventory, but I mean, yeah. t- like, would it, does anybody prefer this, this alternate timeline as opposed to the one we're currently on? Yeah. Like, is I, Amari I, Cooper worth it? Is having Amari yeah. Cooper worth it alone? I I don't think alone he is worth it. And I, I do question that we would have gone crazy spending in free agency because that's Stephen Jones's territory. And, and we all know oh, how he loves spending in free agency about as much as he enjoys a bath and raw sewage. So <laughs> it's just I just don't don't know that that part would have happened. I just think a lot of the other things Sean Payton would have brought to the table would probably have the Cowboys in a better position this year than they would have been. Aiden. Yeah, I, I think, I think we're discounting the potential that maybe part of Dak Prescott's development and that jump was because of Amari Cooper, because I mean, before Amari Cooper came to the team, we were debating like, there were the Cowboys had no wide receiver wide receiver depth whatsoever. And really not I mean, Des Bryant was at by that point. That was, was their first the team at, No, that that was their yeah. second season without him. Yeah, okay. Lightly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not all I'm I, I'm not gonna get into that. What I'm saying is like by that point we had no wide receiver help, and so maybe Dak Prescott taking the jump in twenty nineteen was hey, he finally has a wide receiver and now you have obviously the Cowboys have the plethora of riches, but I mean maybe getting that wide receiver one helped Dak Prescott to develop to the point where we don't realize it because we forget what life was like before we had Amari and CD and Gallup and Wilson and Noah Brown. Tony, you raised your hand. Yeah, I mean, so if we're talking about in the past where we don't know anything that's happened lead up to this point before he's in a star. You know, Amari Cooper was somewhat of a disappointment in Oakland. I mean, when he was a Raider, if if he's never a Cowboy, and shout out to the pro scouts for the Cowboys to, to make that pick. And Tony's going to have his cake and eat it too right now. Everybody watch. <laughs> but so at my it, the way it looks at it is like Amari Cooper, we may never know exactly what the, the impact Amari Cooper would have been if we're going down this hypothetical here. But we know that Sean Payton has been a consistently good coach, right? I mean, a Super Bowl winner, somebody that could have helped his team. Now, we already know that he, 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 uh, he spends in free agency. 
if it wasn't Amari Cooper, I'm sure that somebody would have been signed that could have played an Amari Cooper type role. So in my in my estimation, I think Sean Payton is head and shoulders more valuable than Amari Cooper is. And I am a fan of Amari Cooper and what he's done here in Dallas. But if you take that time and 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 space in this hypothetical, Sean Payton at this point has a much better upside and 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 done better in his career than Amari Cooper was viewed at in Oakland. Mm. Interesting. I'm looking at the free agency class of 2019 at the wide receiver position. Um, not great. Um, def- definitely not great. So, I mean, you know, Bryce that hurts. Butler, put some respect on his name. Bryce is awesome. I mean, Love but, Bryce. you know, um, Dan, you have been the only silent one. So uh, in this conversation for us. Well, first off, no, you guys don't have to. Keep apologizing to me for hypothetically. <laughs> it sounds hilarious. I'm sorry, dude. Every time somebody says something, like, "Sorry, Dan." I do. Yeah, I yeah. just feel bad, Dan. Like you look, you look hurt, and so I just feel bad. I'm sorry. You know, I've had time to mourn, and you know, with the re- the real firing, uh, or the not no not resigning. Um, I think that I, I I agree with with Tony, and I think the the biggest reason is because. In that hypothetical, we know, I mean, we know what we get instead, you know, as a head coach and none of us like that. And I, I love Amari Cooper and I think he's, he's a lot more valuable than a lot of us are willing to admit. But, and, and one thing too, that we can't forget about is Sean Payton is not necessarily going to fix what's wrong with Dak Prescott. I mean, we, we Dak Prescott st- is still to me, in my opinion, the biggest, um, I don't know, wild card, the biggest factor as far as, you know, what's going on with him for the Cowboys to be successful, whether it's, you know, what you do with Kellen or Sean Payton, it's not going to matter. Dak's got to come out there and, and still, you know, make plays. And But, I mean, it's hard. I think it's easier to 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 find receivers. It does have to be one receiver receivers, you know, than it is to to get a head coach, and I mean, maybe maybe we're so terrible that we get a top ten pick and we can draft C.D. Lamb, you know, because that's where we would have took him. Um, but I, I in that scenario, I would rather say goodbye to Amari and and have have Peyton. Yeah, great job by me uh, with an interesting hypothetical. You know, that's all I'm saying. Um, so uh, yeah, um, Tom, close us out. Interest, close us out, and then we'll we'll say goodbye. This better be good, Tom. You raise your hand. Just ask yourself the question, since we're all focused on Dak Prescott as being so crucial to the coming season, who's a better quarterback's head coach, Mike McCarthy or Sean Payton? Are you asking this like sarcastically or like? No, I mean, I mean, it's I think it's a question that I know the answer to. But how many people here think it would be Sean Payton's a better quarterback's coach? I think by natural. Oh, sorry, I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he. I mean, I, again, are you are you like trying to defend McCarthy? I don't I, like. I don't understand. No. Why, okay, because no, Peyton I'm, almost made the playoffs, and he had to start Ian Book for a game. Yeah, I'm. So. I'm saying if you want to get the most out of Dak Prescott, then you hire Sean Payton uh, at 8 a.m. tomorrow. Why 8 a.m., dude? You know, 7 a.m. You know, live on East Coast time, Sean, Tom. Get some stuff done. I will, I'll barely be awake then. I want to wake up and be able to follow Twitter when it happens. Hmm. Sean Payton looked at his uh, salary cap situation this morning, and he's like, he's debating if he wants to come back and coach the Saints. And then he's like, yeah, maybe I can get out of this. And then he realizes that he has Taysom Hill for the next five years, and he's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. Um, great <laughs> so, discussion. As always, we'll be back next Tuesday for another roundtable. Who knows what's going on in the world uh, when that happens. Dan, 
we are sorry about Jason Garrett. Um, <laughs> so you get to close this out. Dan Rogers, give us the final words. Make him great. Uh, the organ bird is the middle lark. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great night, everybody.